Welcome to the Decipher podcast. In this podcast, we have a chat with Paul Gibbons, the CEO and founder of Decipher Consulting, for a look back at 20 years since he founded the firm. We take a look at what's changed, what lessons he and the firm have learned in 20 years, and what the future might hold for Decipher Consulting. So, Paul, why, why did you set up Decipher in the first place? Well, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, I, I roll the clock back to uh, the year 2000, and in fact, when, it, when you and I were working for our old ex-boss, a, a very good gentleman in the name of Keith Pickervance. And um, I was in a really good career with Keith, um, working alongside him as, as, as an expert witness. And then um, a tragedy happened in, within my family. It was my brother, he passed away suddenly on Christmas Eve uh, in the year 2000. And it's, um, it was that event uh, and that one single event, which was huge for obvious reasons. Um, but it made me realize in that time over the Christmas of 2000 that I'd always wanted to become my own boss. Uh, my father um, worked in construction, he had his own company. And whilst I was in a secure job um, working in London, happily doing so, um, you know, I decided that at that point that was possibly uh, an opportunity for me to, to, to break free. Whilst at the same time um, being supportive to my mum and dad, who needed that support after losing the, their son, um, so that was the the biggest motivator uh, to go in it alone. And um, that and I, I started that on the eighth of February in two thousand and one, um, and here we are now, some twenty years later. Mm. Yeah, I do. I I remember that year when when your brother passed away, and it was yeah, as you say, it must have been a, a massive massive thing for you massive and, but also a massive motivator you know it's yeah. um, you often hear and, and and read stories that you know something major happens and it, mm. it kickstarts you and, and on this occasion it was you know i'd been thinking about it not not um not going alone you know as quickly as i did um, and as i say i was happily working with with keith and yourself um happily in, in charterhouse square and all of that and, and well before that in shad thames but this this happened and um it just seemed the the a calling as it were and, and that's where we were so yeah so over the over the last 20 years you must have seen a recession or two um would you describe 2020 as the most challenging year of trading yet or or um and if so why i, th- I think it's it has been a challenge um but i'm a resilient character and um I mean, put a challenge in front of me and I'll, I'll try and get my way around it. And, but I think the biggest challenge for me is the fact that we, we grew, we've grown the team substantially. So, you know, back in the, the early years of Decipher, it was a few mouths that we had to feed and a few mouths in terms of responsibility, in terms of people's mortgages and the like. Um, and I, I felt a personal responsibility to that. And to those individuals that you know when we first started out in decipher and i look back at you know last year and you know we have a we have a large number of people we have um, 20 uh, employees that are employed and, and each are various stages of their careers and, and, and family stages and that was a huge responsibility in terms of going okay how do we steer this ship through some really choppy waters but in a calm way and it was, you know, I had to really take a step back and look at, well, there's no point in doing knee-jerk reactions. We had to just listen to what was what the government was telling us to do, what, what we had to do um, to keep ourselves safe and our workforce safe. Um, but equally, if I, you know, for me, if um, 
you know, I needed to keep the, the 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 message clear, and I needed to be quite candid in the communication because for me, if I could give good knowledge to my team, that would allow them to make informed decisions around whether they wanted to go on furlough because of their homeschooling or difficulties around that. Because at the end of the day, you know, we were still able to work, albeit remotely. The construction sites hadn't shut, our clients hadn't shut down, uh, and they still needed us to, to perform for them and work with them. So I think it was trying to get that balance. You know, in the recession of 2008, 2009, um, that, that was obviously a financial hit uh, and trying to get funding, you know, trying to get money out of clients was difficulty. But I think in terms of this last year, it's about the the uh, the strength of the team and keeping them together. Uh, and also whilst working remotely, you know, and, and being able to ensure that they are, you know, that, 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 that they're well in themselves, which is a difficulty because, you know, as we're doing, you know, remote talking, remote webinars, et cetera, et cetera. It, it can be quite daunting and quite lonely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, you've made a good point there that people don't realise. And to people, I re always remember Keith Pickavance was very paternal in his, the way that he looked after his and the way that he thought about his workforce. And how has Decipher changed in the last 20 years? You know, going back to those early days in the in the golf club in Hertfordshire through to now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, those, those were good days. It's based out of Broxbourne Boy Mansion House. It was a really good, good place. And what's changed? I think our knowledge has changed. We've, we've got some great people within the, within the company. You know, early, early years, wanting to learn more, right up to the senior team uh, of, of Tom and Bill. And um, I think that in itself um, has helped us deliver a really wide-ranging skill set. And, and kept us, um, you know, abreast of what's going on in the industry. So with us also, with myself and Bill, you know, being assessors for the RICS, we're having to keep ourselves up to speed with what's going on in the industry. And I think also with our, with, with what we do as a business, you know, we're, we're pre-contract, we're post-contract controls, and we're ADR and expert witness uh, work. You know, that's allowing us to, you know, develop ourselves and keep really, you know, on our A game. But also being associated with some really good people, you know, good, good clients, good solicitors that keep us, you know, up to speed and, 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 and you know, our knowledge base is, you know, is up there. It needs to be up there. Mm. So I think that's, uh, I think that's what's changed in terms of um, the biggest change is our knowledge base. And obviously, you know, where we're now perhaps shifting to, you know, I, you know, I still great believer in is doing the pre-contract work and the post-contract controls because I think that's that, as I say, that allows us to develop ourselves um, going forward. But I think there's going to be um, a little shift towards the expert world, and um, particularly where the three directors are at the moment, and we can see a really big upturn in that in the, in the next, uh, you know, twelve months and some. Uh, moving forward as particularly around you know the, the delay analysis stuff uh, and the quantum expertise so so how would you um say construction disputes so obviously that's how decipher has changed how have construction disputes and construction changed over the the past 20 years what's what's the major changes that you've seen well i certainly um obviously in the early days when working for keith um, you know, delay analysis, that was the new kid on the block, as it were, um, at, you know, going back 20 odd years. And um, I remember my first uh, meeting with Keith uh, in, in, you know, in, in litigation. And 
you know, that was a really daunting um, prospect. And I, but equally, I was like, wow, this is really, really good. But, you know, adjudication has been around for long, for a long time. You know, it's been around since Decipher has been around. In fact, before uh, Decipher was born. And I see that um, adjudication is obviously the, the go-to for dispute resolution. It's relatively cheap and, and um, you get, a, 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 you know, a decision, albeit temporarily uh, binding. But I think what I have seen is, is that more adjudicators um, are relying upon expert reports and expert witnesses to assist them because there are some big disputes. I mean, we had one last year, uh, 14 million um, euros, uh, you know, in, in, in dispute, in adjudication, in a 28 day timescale. And, um, you know, that was the dispute. And, and you just think, wow. And, you know, I've certainly seen that to assist the process, then, um, you know, adjudicators are calling upon experts to help them uh, work their way through the technical experts, whether they be technicalizing structural engineering or delay or quantum. Uh, but certainly I've seen that uh, shift. But also I'm seeing perhaps now um, more going into litigation. I mean, we've had, um, in the last six months, we've had quite a few inquiries um, for parties that are going to dispute in litigation. Uh, so they're, they're, they're not using the adjudication for them. They're going straight to litigation. Mm. Um, reasons for that, I don't know. Uh, my personal view might be because um, maybe some of the adjudicators out, out there Maybe they're not fit for purpose. Um, maybe um, the disputes are too difficult to deal with adjudication, um, or maybe there's no right to adjudicate within the with, within the specific dispute that that's been um, you know disputed at the time. Mm. Um, and I think one thing that we're, we're, we'd like to try and get into more is the arbitration. I mean, we've got with our sister company in the UAE, Hewitt Decipher Partnership. You know, there's arbitrations over there. You know. Quite, quite a lot of them uh, and I think from our perspective it's you know how can we get into that arbitration market as well and we don't see many arbitrations here in the UK or, or we're not involved with them um, but I, I, I am aware that they that they are around. Would you recommend your type of work to others interested in consultancy so if you're if you say there are people listening to this now that are in in the construction industry would you re recommend it as a career change or a future career for somebody working on maybe on site or in yeah, as a QS and on projects at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I started out, I started, I cut my teeth, left university, cut my teeth with Costain Civil Engineering um, on some major projects down in the southeast um, and indeed the southwest part of the UK. Uh, and that was as a quantity surveyor. And, um, you know, I, I cut my teeth there and I understood, I understood, you know, how, how construction projects were run. But I always wanted to um, get further knowledge particularly around the, uh, the adjudication and the, and the dispute arena um, and indeed the delay side of it, which is, which is where um, my knowledge came from the delay analysis. But prior to going, you know, I did, I did, I did contractor side, then I did client side with the Jubilee Land Extension Project, then I did consultancy side with, with, uh, with Keith and then set up Decipher. And now we wear the four different hats. We have the employer's hat, the contractor's hat, the subcontractors hat when they ask us to go and help them and we have our own independent consultancy hat um, so I would certainly um, advocate anybody that's uh, currently sat there as a quantity surveyor or engineer an architect thinking I would like to go and do some consultancy type work set up a practice um, so long as you've got the knowledge and, you, and you're seen as a safe pair of hands by your governing institution 
I would certainly recommend it because it's a great thrill. And you get, you know, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the last 20 years of Decipher. And um, who knows where, we're ne- where, where the next uh, chapter will take us. Mm. Um, so I was trying to work out last night, looking at LinkedIn and trying to work out what, how old you were when you left university and how old you were when you set up Decipher. I was trying to work out how old you were. Um, and I think you were about 30. So what advice would you give your 30-year-old self now if you if you were looking back and, and advice on running a business? Well, I was actually 27. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, what would I give myself? What advice would I give? Um, I think to delegate, to learn to delegate, uh, you know, to people around you um, and to look for that support um, from from mentors you know when I set off you know back in 2001 it was just me I was sat there at my desk on the first day of trading with a daunting prospect oh oh my lord I've got a mortgage I'm married what have I done you know I've got a big commitment I had one client which was mole and rail and uh, yeah you know they they saw me through for the first six weeks of of trading and then you pick up momentum and you have to be able to you know don't for me i i like talking to people and meeting people and and you know those times will come back again sure they will but it's about putting yourself out there and so but as the work came in you know i all of a sudden i was i was doing administration i was doing the the bookkeeping i was doing the you know the 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 work aspect itself uh, business development marketing and all of that and and I, I had to just let some of that go and as we've grown as a business I think having good people around you that you can delegate to uh, and give them responsibility and, and more importantly the accountability um, to allow them to develop in themselves as well yeah yeah um how do you see things changing in the in the coming 20 years then so looking forwards now what do you, th- do you have any idea of what big changes might come come over the horizon where we always need lawyers and consultants? Do you think you might be redundant at some point in your life? Do you think we'll be... No, never. I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll be redundant in so much. And I think the tribunals and the, uh, whether they be the adjudication or litigation, they will always need um, a consultant. They will always need an expert and the lawyers to assist the process. And what will change is, is I think, I think change was coming in the world of dispute resolution, um, but I think with the with the pandemic, that's probably come around quicker than expected previously. Mm. Um, and I think going forward, you know, there's going to be much more of a hybrid um, solution to tribunals and dispute resolution. So when you've got you know CMCs, you wouldn't necessarily have people jumping on a train. To go into London or wherever they may well be, that you know the council or the, or the TCC to have a, a CMC meeting, you could just do that now by Zoom, and it's much more efficient. Um, I think so. I think that's going to have a massive impact on on the future of dispute resolution. And then equally, you know, with regards to hearings, obviously expert witnesses, you know, in in tribunals. At the moment, I've not done any um, cross-examination in the physical or the virtual form, um, but I'd like to be able to do so. I mean, all the ones that I've been associated with, they've always settled on the court steps, which, mm. is, which is good for the clients, but not, not so good for my testifying experience. But uh, hopefully that will come one day. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think technology uh, certainly had a, had a major change, and also the uh, the quality of the experts. I mean, there's a lot more emphasis now on on the qualifications and not just being seen as a career expert. You know what I mean by that is you know you're not going from one one um, expert witness appointment to the next. It's keeping your hand in with what's actually happening in the real world. Mm. That's why I think you know what we do at Decipher, we're doing the pre-contract stuff and the live work, as well as doing the ADR. So, um, yeah, I think there will always be a need for us for sure. Yeah, and certainly your point about you know virtual hearings, online meetings, and stuff like that. I think you know the the, the one thing I know you were talking about Paul Darling before we started, and he's a big fan of virtual hearings and online meetings and stuff like that. And I think. You know, I remember people at our old firm traveling for hours and hours to the other side of the world just for a, a one-day meeting and then flying back again. And it's just that that sort of yeah. thing just doesn't it's seem like it's ever going to be again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, I'm certainly on for big cases. You know, I can see people having to get together, but I think for these smaller disputes, you know, virtually, yeah. it's the way to go. Or, or certainly a hybrid model, anyway. So what are your plans for Decipher in coming years? Have you got any objectives, any targets? Do you, do you have something on the horizon? Well, well, obviously, continuing to grow the business um, with, with like-minded people, professionals that want to want to come in on the journey and enjoy the work that we do and the clients that we, we work with and the team that we have. We, we, we've already engaged with some succession planning within the business. Um, it may well be... Um, you know, we, we're looking to grow and that might be acquisitions in terms of do we go and acquire companies, smaller companies? Um, and where do we go as a business? You know, are, are we attractive to others? I don't know. Um, but it's a case of, um, you know, how do we move that forward in a positive step? Because the way I see it, you know, when Decipher um, came into inception in 2001, you know, it, I founded it. And this is the journey that I brought it on. I've taken it through its early years. I've taken it through its uh, teenage years. It's now at the adolescent stage and it's going into its adult stage. Mm. Uh, and, you know, before long, you know, should it go off and get married? I don't know. I really don't know. But, but equally, you know, it, 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 I, there's no barrier. You know, I don't see that. You know, I, what I'm not saying to the team is this is it. It's going to stay like that. You know, yeah. we're looking to grow um, and we need, we need, to allow that to allow the business to grow accordingly finally when you're not running the business how do you relax and do you relax do you ever relax when you're running a business like decipher uh, well you try the, so it's interesting because um i like running so when i go out running whether it be first thing in the morning or in the evening that's my time to um just put on some music or indeed just just not no music at all and just listen to what's happening around and zone out um and so that's a bit of thinking time for me um, I also enjoy the golf. Uh, I'm a really keen golfer. And as you, I mentioned at the beginning of this, you know, being based at Broxbourne Boy Mansion House, that was, you know, we had two office suites overlooking the golf course. And we used to go out playing golf in, in the summertime with my business partner back then, Peter Shellard. Um, we would go and play golf at five o'clock in the morning, have 18 holes, and then be back at our desks for half past seven, eight o'clock before the working day started. And, and it was great to take clients out as well at lunchtime. And it was a really great, great, great thing to do. Um, so, and I'm also the, um, this year, this year, 2021, I'm the Northwest's um, Business Golf Society's captain. 
So we um, we are playing uh, quite a number of uh, well-known courses. So Will Burtdale, Hillside, Will Lytham St. Anne's, all coming up over the next uh, 10 months. So long as we get out of lockdown. Hey, so looking, yeah. forward to, uh, looking forward to doing that. Thank you for tuning in to the Decipher podcast. We hope you found it useful and we look forward to having you with us for the next one, which we hope will be on the subject of delay analysis. Thank you for tuning in.